0: Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast presented by the National Federation of the Blind, the transformative membership and advocacy organization of blind Americans. Live the life you want.
1: Hello and welcome to the Nations Blind Podcast. I am Melissa Ricabono and I am here with my wonderful co-host.
0: Oh,
2: I'm a wonderful co-host. This is excellent. I'll take my wonderful co-host and I'll flip it right back to you with my marvelous co-host. This is Anil Lewis. Oh. Welcome to the Nations Blind Podcast.
1: Well, thank you. How are you, Anil?
2: I'm doing really good. It's getting close to the well, it's not getting close. To, it is the holiday it season. Is. Loving interacting with everyone and looking forward to a, a tremendous 2024.
1: Absolutely. And we've gotten some nice feedback on our shopping episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, our previous episode, take a listen. It's probably a little bit late. I might not help you this holiday season with your shopping since uh, you might not be hearing it till after the holiday season is done. But thank you to all those that have reached out and who have said that they enjoyed that episode and that they learned something. So thanks a lot for that. We love that.
2: Yeah, so Some of the content is definitely evergreen, though. So it's not all about holiday shopping.
1: No It was interesting
2: something on social media around the Instacart thing. There were some people said that it just doesn't work for them and then others were saying, No, it's wonderful for them. So it's interesting seeing the different perceptions of the usability of a lot of the different options.
1: No, absolutely. That That is a really good point. And, and that's the thing. Not one thing is ever going to work for everybody yep. and nobody's ever going to agree on the best way. So that's why we need to be communicating about all these things. And yeah, it
2: will all be fixed though.
1: Oh, well, it'd be great if they were all fixed, yeah. but you know, we also need to be able to pick the right tool from the, the toolbox, so to speak. And, you know, sometimes you don't always have to use a hammer. Uh, you know you can use a wrench or a pliers or something you don't Maybe. you don't always have to use your hammer so
2: well, we won't We won't have to worry about any of this you know in the future because artificial intelligence is going to take care of all of it for us
1: it will we're going to have like our rosie robot you know the the housekeeper on the jetsons and i, I think she might have done the shopping too <laughs> that'd be cool i'd be okay with that <laughs> there you go there
2: you go so speaking of artificial intelligence
1: yeah, we're talking about artificial intelligence today. I love how you did that, Anil. You're you're like a professional or something. Well, I tried,
2: you know. <laughs> I'm working on it, getting better at this.
1: Oh, absolutely. You're great at it. And we actually have two wonderful federationists to talk through AI with us, and we're very excited to have them here last time you just heard from Anil and me, this time it's going to be wonderful to have other perspectives on the podcast. So we have Aaron Cannon. He lives in South Dakota and he is an accessibility specialist, I believe he said, for Ancestry.com. And Anil, do you want to Introduce the other Federation member that's on with us.
2: You've used the word wonderful several times. I thought you would have wanted to introduce our second guest, Mr. Gary Wonder.
1: Wonder, yeah. A
2: longtime Federationist, mentor, editor of our Braille Monitor, Gary. Glad you could join us.
1: And Gary's from Missouri. Hello, gentlemen. How are you?
0: Doing well. Thank you. Very well.
1: And for those that didn't know, Aaron was the first person that spoke. And Gary was the second person that spoke.
0: <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that. And we are trying to decide which of us are artificial in our intelligence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've
2: been artificially intelligent for quite some time
1: now. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't we start there? Of course, if we're gonna talk about AI, I guess I would be interested, and I think our listeners would be interested as well for both of you. I'm guessing that you have used AI, either Be My AI or something else similar to help you complete tasks or just to see what it's all about. And we would just love to hear from you what your experiences have been so far, what things have gone really well, what surprised you and amazed you. And then kind of on the flip side, what maybe are you worried about or didn't go so well?
0: So Be My Eyes, the group that has put together a bunch of volunteers to help us, has added a new wrinkle, which is called Be My AI. So you can either talk with a volunteer and get them to look at things and ask questions of them. Or you can use this artificial intelligence called Be My AI. It's available 24 hours a day, just like the volunteer service is for Be My Eyes. And then there is for more word-oriented things, ChatGPT and other equivalents that use large language model vocabulary. I've had really good luck with both of them. I sometimes love the interaction that I get from a volunteer, but sometimes I just want information. And when I do that, the artificial intelligence part of Be My AI is great. The only downside that I have seen to be my AI is that it tells me just how wide my camera view is and reminds me how often I have underestimated the picture that I am sending to volunteers. I think that I'm sending them a picture of a piece of cake that i'm about to eat but in reality they see the fact that i've got three coffee cups on the desk and uh,
2: <laughs> so gary can can you describe can you walk our listeners through an actual experience so what do you do you take your smartphone and
0: snap a photo of something in your environment yeah so i go to a lot of hotels and a lot of hotels since COVID have been providing three bottles they are mystery bottles And I take my phone into the shower, and I snap (laughs) those, and Be My Eyes through Be My AI will tell me there are three bottles. The one on the left is shampoo, the one in the middle is soap, and the one on the right is conditioner. Nice. I list it that way because mostly that isn't the way it works. Mostly you have your shampoo and your conditioner together and your soap is off to one side or the other. But it just goes to show you can't count on those things. So I am more comfortable with Be My AI in a shower than I am asking a Hello, volunteer. volunteer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And if I am more comfortable, I am way sure that the live volunteer or the paid person is way more comfortable.
2: (laughs) And with the Be My AI, you can actually ask questions about the photo once it gives you the initial description, right?
0: Exactly. Or your focus is not good enough. It's too high or it's too low to give you an accurate description. You need to do this. I wish sometimes that it were a little more interactive and would let me ask my question at the beginning because it gives me a lot of information that I may not want or need. Like you are standing in a shower stall with a towel rack, dot, 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 and then there are these three bottles, okay? I kind of know all of that stuff already. So it'd be great if I could do the question first, but it's it's a great thing.
2: Nice, that's some good feedback we need to share.
3: I had my daughter take a couple photos. The other day, I could do a quick demo. Of-
1: sure, yeah, that'd be great.
3: Um, I actually okay. did this as part of a chapter meeting. Oh, I was invited by the uh, Minnesota at Large chapter to talk about how I use AI. so
1: Well, while we're waiting, we do have some comments from members. We did post on Facebook a couple things, and there have been people that say they have used it for helping them find outfits for getting more descriptions of colors and things on online shopping. I'm kind of fascinated by that. I wonder if they take a picture of their computer screen or if they actually get a, get a screenshot and put it into the app. I'm, I'm kind of curious about how that works. Someone said they changed the ink in their printer without needing help. That's really interesting. But then, well, there are people that say there's things on the flip side. So we'll we'll talk. Gary did mention the uh, the wanting to ask a question first. And there's also some other people that have some other examples. But let's uh, let's get the demonstration.
3: So I have taken or rather my daughter has taken a picture of. I just asked her to take some random photos um, of around the yard. And so I'm going to open this photo in the photo viewer and then I'm going to click share and then i'll go up here and i'll get my phone close to the mic so you can hear it
1: and then you just share with the be my ai
4: app
3: yeah that's correct so i'm going to click describe with be my eyes
4: describe with be my Eye. cancel button cancel button please wait be my ai is writing. please wait be my ai is writing a message it's thinking be my ai is still writing a message thinking very hard yes be my ai the picture shows a group of chickens outdoors there are patches of snow on the ground, and the chickens are gathered around what appears to be a few pieces of broccoli. The chickens are of different colors, including brown, white, and speckled patterns. The sunlight casts shadows on the ground, indicating it might be late afternoon or early morning. The ground is a mix of dirt and snow.
3: So, quite a bit of detail there. Um, and like we said earlier, you can ask questions. How many chickens are there, and can you tell what their breeds are? Question mark.
4: Inserted. How many chickens are there, and can you tell what their breeds are? Send message. Please wait. B my AI is writing a message. Be My AI is still writing a message. Of question. This is taking longer than usual. Please wait.
3: Sometimes the technology does go down. I've noticed it slow down it's in the breaking. middle of the day.
4: Please wait. Be My AI. There are 10 chickens visible in the photo. Identifying specific breeds from the image can be challenging without clearer details, but there seem to be a mix of brown and white chickens, some with red combs and others with paler combs. The brown ones could possibly be Rhode Island Reds or a similar breed, and the lighter colored ones might be Lighthorns or another light feathered breed. There's also a speckled chicken that could be a Sussex or a Wyandotte. All
3: right, not too bad. I got one of them right. Um, So it's not always accurate, but we do, in fact, have Rhode Island Reds. The rest of them are Brahma, but uh, still pretty good.
0: Very cool. Which is an interesting thing because, you know, artificial intelligence implies some speculation. It isn't what do I know based on just being a search engine, but what might I conclude from the limited information I have? I found it interesting that one of the people who commented said that she asked for AI to tell her which outfit looked better. That's a stretch for me. I've never tried that.
1: Yeah, and I don't know either. And she was saying it would say things like, this looks smart or this looks cute was another word that it used. I don't know. To me, that bothers me too. You can actually go in and change the settings, which I think is interesting because sometimes I feel like. Be My AI can get very judgy about this scene looks cozy or it looks bare. That bothers me a lot, actually. I don't really need it or want it to tell me if it looks cozy most of the time. I don't know. I I don't know, Aaron, if you have thoughts about that or Anil, but that has been one thing that has really bothered me about it.
3: Yeah, I personally like it a little bit because you have that opportunity to ask follow-up questions. And so if it tells me the room is cozy or or the outfit is, you know, a cute outfit or whatever, if I'm taking a picture of my daughter, I can ask it, why do you say that? What what makes you say that? What makes you say that, you say that it's it's cute? Or, or how did you reach that conclusion? And sometimes it has a good answer. Other times it doesn't. I guess the bigger concern for me is if I have on a hideous outfit, is it going to tell me that? Or does it only say nice
1: things? (laughs) I think
2: this highlights the positives and the negatives of AI, right? Mm -hmm. Because all of those really are somewhat subjective because style is kind of individual and so it's, it's wonderful that we as blind people have the option to get information in this dynamic way. Right. Uh, I love that chicken demonstration. That was pretty cool. But then as Gary was mentioning earlier, all of this is built on top of large language models. So it's really about. Aggregating data throughout that digital space and coming to, I guess, basically what we'll call it is artificial assumptions mm-hmm. on things. And we know what happens when you make assumptions, even with artificial intelligence. But I, I think that with a lot of it, if you're leaning on the AI to tell you what's cute, you know, what looks good, then it's going to be subjective based on the large language model of data that's available. But to your point, Melissa, I think that then the user has to practice their own individual decision-making by getting the information that they can really make the decision based on their own personal preference. But again, if if individuals would love for their particular personal shopper to be the artificial intelligence engine, then of course that's their choice as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Sometimes we're confused by too much data, but I think sometimes we get too little data also. Mm -hmm. And Although artificial intelligence has its own problems, whether a thing is cute or sexy or (laughs) not very attractive on you, those are three opinions you might get from three inquiries that you make of different people. So my wife, for example, does not really want to go shopping with one of the people we pay to do shopping assistance She would rather go with her daughters when it comes to clothing because there's an issue of trust. And she believes that her daughters all share her perspective about what would look good and what wouldn't look good. When I go shopping for clothing, I'd like AI, perhaps, because I think that the clothes salesman is going to tell me whatever it will take to close the sale. So... It's it's all how much data do you want and how much decision-making do you retain in your head versus what you hear through your ears?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, when we haven't even talked about the fact that sometimes AI does hallucinate, which means that it says there's something there when it really isn't there. Somebody had a post the other day about I had a, a holiday card and it said that it, it was congratulating me from graduating from law school. And then I said, no. <laughs>
2: Congratulations, Melissa. You, you got your JD. That's awesome. That's
1: funny. No, it wasn't <laughs> me. It was somebody else. And then, then they were like, no, it doesn't say that. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, it's a birthday card. <laughs> they're like, no, it's actually not my birthday either. <laughs> so I mean, eventually it, you know, it was able to read. And it, I mean, the cool part was it, it was able to read the handwriting which has often been a problem. And and to me, that's been something that's been amazing. And I can think about particularly because, number one, my two daughters are blind. Number two, my oldest has never really been taught to write and read cursive. And I think about letters and different things that my mom has that she wrote to my dad and my dad wrote to her. And I've told my mom already, I want those letters. Or I want my I want somebody to have these when you no longer want them because I don't want them to be lost. I'm very much into family history and making sure that that is preserved. And I've often thought, how am I going to read those when the time comes? And so knowing that there's some technology out there that might allow me to do that, at least with a, with a fairly reliable accuracy rate, right, is is pretty exciting to me. And that we won't have to, I won't have to have somebody. That doesn't know my family potentially reading something that could be a little bit more personal. So that's pretty exciting to me.
2: Gary, Aaron, have either of you used the Chat
3: GPT? So I'm a big sucker for Chat GPT. I've been a subscriber, paying subscriber for I think almost a year now.
2: Hmm. Can you describe what 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 is Chat GPT?
3: Yeah, so a Chat GPT is a service that allows you to essentially chat with an AI and GPT is is the model that's behind the Be My AI service. So when you're talking to Be My AI, you're also talking to ChatGPT. It's basically mm-hmm. the same thing. Hmm. So ChatGPT is more of a general service. It's not specifically for the blind. Uh, they have a website and a mobile app, both of which are so-so when it comes to accessibility, but you can muddle your way through most of the time. Mm. Originally they only allowed you to chat with the AI and that was that was about it, but that was huge, right? You could ask it to write a poem for you. In fact, one of the demos that I did in the uh, chapter demo that I did a few days ago for the Minnesota large chapter was that I asked it to write a poem about Kenneth Jernigan and it actually did a really solid job, not perfect, but it was, it was a lot of fun and it was, it was reasonably well done.
2: Can, can you tell it what, what type of style can you say, write a sonnet about Kenneth Dernigan and?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you wow. Know, for a laugh, uh, a friend of mine was upset about a, a Facebook post that he read, uh, a, a local group. And so I said, well, would it, would it sound better if you read it like this? And I had ChatGPT rewrite it in the style of Dr. Seuss. Oh, um, <laughs> nice would you could you yeah great. love it would you could you fix the roads <laughs> yeah it, it was fun so really sky's the limit you know that's that's the hard part about ai i think at least for me it feels like there's so many great ways in which i could be using it right now uh that i haven't even thought of yet and that's that's really where we're at right now with the technology we don't know how to use ai as, as a society, we simply don't know how to use it. And so learning is is part of the excitement and, and finding new and creative ways that we can use it is what keeps me subscribing to Chat GPT. But anyway, so you have the ability to chat with the model and ask it to do things. Now you can also upload photos. So you can also have uh, similar functionality to what you have with Be My AI and ask it questions about the photos. Uh, you can upload documents. And one way in which I've used this is with work, we were uh, selecting our healthcare and I was a little bit confused. And so I uploaded the whole document, the PDF of the uh, terms and asked it some questions. And it was actually able to go in, read the document, nice, figure out some tables that weren't very readable with the screen reader. Wow! And then I was able to use it to perform some calculations on that data to figure out which was going to be the best health plan for me. I was pretty astonished that I was able to do all that. The way it was able to do the calculations is that it's able to also write and run small computer programs. It uses the Python programming language, but it it does that behind the scenes unless you ask it to give you the source code that it's writing. And then the other fun thing it can do, well, there's two more. It can listen to your voice and transcribe your voice. So you can actually chat with ChatGPT using your voice. And it's far superior to anything I've ever used before. Much, much better than Siri, much better than Dragon Naturally Speaking. It's quite astonishing.
2: So it only transcribes or does it talk back to you?
3: It it transcribes and it also talks back, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's basically like having a conversation. It, It says something and then it waits for you to talk and then it talks. And then the other way you can use it is for generating photos. You can describe a photo that you wanted to create or a drawing or something, and it will create that for you. So, okay.
2: Now this one, I have to comment on,
1: <laughs> I, had, I had, our
2: seen staff when, when, when Kennedy and Carl told me that it could do this. I'm like, this is amazing. So I said, let's tell chat GPT to draw us a picture of God. So. Kennedy put together all of these different whatevers you know I'm the I I'm omnipresent the all-powerful you know just all that into in the AI engines <laughs> I'm not gonna call them out because I well I really don't remember which ones they were <laughs> but um what the one that Kennedy used gave him four photos of old white men with white beards Etc and then the one that Carl used came back and says nope we, we can't do that there are too many diverse opinions on what this entity you know that kind of thing so that i i think that again shows the difference between the good and the bad of of, of, of uh this whole chat gpt ai piece if we you know just yield to whatever that one perception is it it could really be problematic yeah
1: well, and I think yeah. I wanna talk about that, especially when it has to do with blindness, but why don't we take a really quick break and then I have a question for Gary and certainly Aaron, you can chime back in too, cause I think you might've had something to say to Anil, but I do wanna make sure that we can hear a word from our sponsor, so to speak. So let's take a quick break for a promo and then we'll be right back with you
5: the PAC plan is our pre-authorized contribution plan. This is a way for anyone to make contributions to our organization on an ongoing basis. And that ongoing basis enables us to be able to budget for the money that's coming up. Anyone who wants to contribute to the plan for the first time or who wants to up their contribution, just share with us some financial information. It can either be a debit card or a bank account and routing number, and we will make sure that your generous donation is processed each month. There are two ways that you can do this. One, you can go to nfb.org slash that's P-A-C. You can also give us a call at 1-877-NFB, the number two, PAC. That's 1-877-632-2722. Leave a message that does not contain financial information, but that contains your contact info, and one of our folks will call you back.
1: All right. So, Gary, I I have something to ask you. You're an editor of a magazine, The Braille Monitor, the Federation's flagship publication. A lot of people are now using chat GPT or other things like it to write various things or at least to get them started in writing different things. What are your thoughts about this And do you think it's not a great idea? Have you thought through this at all?
0: I have definitely given it a lot of thought, and I pretty much unconditionally think it's a good idea. I have so many people who have stories inside them. Some of them are heart stories that they haven't yet gotten to the head, and some of them are head stories. But their biggest problem is they can't communicate it from them to me because they don't have the confidence to believe that they can do it. So part of my job as an editor is to convince them that whatever they write down, we will work together to make look good. And the me part of we will become invisible when it comes to the publication of their article. So if they can just help pull it from the heart to the head, to my head, in some way, shape, or form will do it. So if AI can do that, if AI can let them jot down an outline some thoughts that may even be random, and AI can put in a logical sequence and give me a draft to work with, I'm all for it. Now, no one has ever admitted to me that this is the way they gave me their first draft, so I'm going to do what my wife says is stupid and put my job on the line and say that there are times when I feed AI an outline and I make it right, all of the diverse facts that I have given it and then I go through and I make it sound like Gary Wonder. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not afraid of that technology any more than I'm afraid of using a six dot braille to write, even though a mistranslation in grade two can be really hard for a print reader to figure out. I'm not any more afraid of AI than I am, Dragon, naturally speaking, or Siri, because I still get the the last word on whether or not it goes or not. So I think the things are wonderful.
2: I love the way you described that, because that's the responsible use of AI. I mean, I've been hearing stories like on NPR, where they've been using the AI to write legal briefs. And the, the artificial intelligence actually makes up citations. So it, it's, it's like creating legal precedents on fictitious precedents. It's just really interesting. But even more so, it was interesting, a friend of mine who's a college professor says that one of her students actually used artificial intelligence to write a term paper. And the reason that she knew that it was not the student's own is because the chat GPT or whatever engine they used actually aggregated... Information from a paper that she had actually written. So basically, the artificial intelligence was plagiarizing, you know. But of short course, it's the student's responsibility to own up to that. So that that's them using it inappropriately and, and probably getting dismissed from college because of plagiarism. So it's all about responsible use of the technology. I think is important.
0: Well, I think that's right. And, you know, I I get that AI does offer that possibility, but the Braille Monitor has had to apologize for running an article, which in fact was plagiarized because the author wouldn't own up to the fact that he had taken it from another magazine. Mm. And it was very embarrassing. How college Mm. professors are going to deal with this, I really don't know. And will one day the Braille Monitor have to write an apology because... Mm. Something else happened that way? Maybe, but I don't have all the information out there. Maybe the one of the functions of AI is to figure out, has this been written someplace else? And is it? Yeah. Plagiarized?
2: Well let the artificial yeah. intelligence uh, supervise itself.
1: Itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's also interesting because, of course, you can ask Chappie, GPT especially about anything. So there was actually a resolution at our last national convention regarding information about blindness and mm-hmm. what the chat GPT has and kind of what it comes back with. And sometimes it is pretty disturbing what it comes back with. Sometimes it's, it's you know, more what we would, I guess, want it to come back with. Other times it's very, you know, oh, the blind person's going to need a lot of help and this and that. And, of course, you can teach the chat. GPT to some extent. Aaron, I don't know if you've thought about this and kind of what our responsibility is regarding, I don't know, policing or, or figuring out that information about blindness and, and information about a whole bunch of things. But of course, you know, we know about blindness in the National Federation of the Blind. So that's sort of our frame of reference. You know, how wh- what are your thoughts about making sure that information about blindness is accurate? And how do we kind of go about doing that, do you think?
3: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a tough question. I've thought a lot about what are the wrong ways to do this? (laughs) And I think the wrong way is to try to legislate at least this early in the process. Mm -hmm. There are some pushes, especially in the EU to regulate AI. Mm -hmm. And as a technologist, that makes me really nervous because we've already seen situations in which that legislation or threat of legislation has had what some would consider negative impacts on us, the blind. For a while, Be My AI was very hesitant to describe people. I believe they've since walked that mm-hmm. back because I, I haven't run into that issue, but this is one area in which actually ChatGPT GPT is a little more reticent than Be My AI to describe people and their features. And so my fear is that we don't understand this technology yet. So it feels really premature and makes me super nervous for us to start talking about legislation. I agree with Gary that a lot of it really has to be on the shoulders of the user. They are ultimately the responsible party. When a major news organization was caught generating local stories and and local recommendations for, I think, local food and things like that uh, with AI, and they were caught because they were just some ridiculous articles. You know, who's responsible for that? Well, they are, because they use the tool. This is ultimately just a tool. And I think we need to work on understanding it before we work too hard to, to limit it. Every technology has had the capacity or has increased our capacity to do evil things every single technology, especially the computer, right? You can now be across the world and, and scam people. Uh, you kind of couldn't do that as well before computers. So every technology has increased our ability to do bad, but it's also largely increased the ability to do good and to increase opportunities for, for us, the blind. So I am, very optimistic about ai yes the, we there are some very serious concerns but i think we have to be careful to keep those in the proper perspective yeah, and
2: I, i'm equally excited about the technology itself too i know i've been kind of the the naysayer but only to offer balance cuz I, I don't want us to move into this space with a degree of naivety that creates more problems so going into it you know with full understanding of the real potential and the pitfalls Allows us to really exploit the technology in a real way. So I'm excited about AI, the whole aspect of getting access to information in a very dynamic fashion. But I do think that what we're going to have to do is, is be extremely responsible in the use of it. And if we can find ways to make sure that we can populate more positive information about the true capacity of blind people, you know, in that big digital space where the large language models are created, then that's great. I love the fact that we have such a huge repository of our information in that digital form through our Braille Monitor publications on our website and all the other information that we have there. So hopefully we can continue to inform the technology in a way that represents blind people in in the true perspective that we have come to realize.
0: So i think that this still falls back on us and we can't blame artificial intelligence if there is public misunderstanding or public information that is shared that we are not comfortable with Mm -hmm. we have a view about what it means to be blind and we have different views about what it means to live the life you want and those views have to sink or swim in the pool of the public arena, whether you're talking about artificial intelligence or real intelligence. So I think it just ups the, ups the stakes for us as a federation to mm-hmm. echo what we know, to deal with things that we know to be outright different and to exercise a certain amount of tolerance about how people are going to feel about things and to let the artificial intelligence echo that without putting up so many guardrails that it's our script all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you'd like, I'd like to read you the question that I ask about blind people and the NFB and and tell you what ChatGPT said to me. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. I wrote, what can you tell me about the National Federation of the Blind, its philosophy, and how what it believes compares with what others believe in the field? And it wrote me back, and it said, the National Federation of the Blind Open Parent NFB has a distinct philosophy and set of beliefs that guide its actions and initiatives. Formed in response to conflicts and challenges faced by blind individuals, the NFB has always been driven by a desire for equality and the opportunity for blind people to participate fully in society. One core belief of the NFB is that blind people possess the same basic talents and abilities as others and should have equal opportunities in education, employment, and other aspects of life. This belief has fueled their efforts to challenge and change perceptions and policies that limit the potential of blind individuals. The NFB has been a strong advocate for the rights of blind people seeking to address inequities in legislation and the national policy that affects them. The organization's philosophy is rooted in the idea that blindness is not a defining characteristic or a mental psychological handicap. They emphasize the normality of blind people and aim to raise expectations for them, believing that low expectations are significant barriers to achieving dreams. This stance is reflected in their public education efforts, including the publication of Colonel Book series, which contains firsthand accounts. And it goes on. I, I mean, I find nothing objectionable about that.
2: But it didn't get to the root of your question though, because it was supposed to hopefully give us a comparison to the, the beliefs from others in the field, that I was thinking that there's going to be a counterpoint to, to there, that.
0: There he is. I um, skipped a few paragraphs. It says, comparatively, other groups and individuals within the blindness community might have different views or priorities. While some might share the NFB's emphasis on independence and equal opportunity, others might focus more on specific aspects like technology, accessibility or different approaches to education and rehabilitation for blind individuals. So you could drill down over that.
2: Very nice. Yeah, I like that.
0: I like that. Very diplomatic.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, and I, I do agree <laughs> with that. The problem to me is when you ask it more in general about. And again, you know, to a certain extent, you're kind of leading it. But if you ask it, you know, what might be difficult for a blind person? I don't know. I'm just using it mm-hmm. as an example. You know, it might come back with a whole host of things, you know, oh, and and watching children might be very difficult because you can't visually observe them, you know, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But again, if you're asking AI and taking that as the gospel truth, I mean, there's so much on Google already that has poor information. And so we're never going to completely get away from that. And I do agree that it is our responsibility as a movement to continue to keep educating and to figure out ways that we can educate in our space, not to stifle everybody else's views, but to put different ones in there so that our narrative is at least one that is presented. Because not everybody does agree with us. And people might have very different thoughts about blindness based on if they just went blind yesterday or they've been, they've been blind their whole lives. So I, I do agree with that. I'm with you, Anil, in the sense that I think it's pretty cool technology. I'm um, somewhat of a naysayer to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it that just, I love what it can do. I've seen what it can do. Yeah, I've used it. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. I think for me as a writer and as a musician, I really do worry about the formulaic yeah. possibility yeah. of everybody using technology like this to start things or that it is going to get so good that you really can't tell and that i don't know that just doesn't sit right with me i hope i hope always there will be somebody that will put something different and continue to push for that creativity in the mm-hmm. world and and i love aaron how you say that because you're right we can do good and we can do evil with with everything and so i think it's just really important to keep exploring And I'm not certainly putting it out of my life or saying that I'm not never going to use it or that my children and my husband can never use it. And I mean, I'm a huge Beatles fan. I think it's amazing that they were able to create a new Beatles song with this technology. I mean, taking something of John Lennon's that really wasn't usable and using AI to take it apart and make it into usable things. That's amazing to me. And that's responsible use. I guess I just worry that somehow it's going to be very irresponsibly used, and we're going to be in some kind of a "there comes soft rains" type uh, situation where the house runs itself. And <laughs> no, no,
2: no need to worry because it is it is going to be misused in certain ways. But mm-hmm. that's the way this was so much. I, I would tell people it's so inspiring, but it's equally scary. Yep. But we we can't run from it because it's here now. Yes. And I, I think that what what we have to do, and, and I agree with Gary, it's the same fight we fought, but we are going to have to develop, you know, new strategies to continue to remain relevant in this space because AI doesn't sleep. (laughs) It it, it can happen in an instant. So we've got to find creative ways to make sure that we're able to be um, true to who we are as an organization in this new realm of information sharing.
0: Melissa, when I listen to what you say about AI, I go one step deeper. And maybe you don't go this deep, and so it's not as scary for you. AI makes me question what it is about being human that makes me unique. Yes. Because every time we have an advancement that chips away at some of that, it makes me realize that I have to look internally into me rather than externally.
1: Yes. No, and that's so true. And that's what I really hope we don't forget along the way, that we don't just become these automatons, you know, that that we continue to realize that we are all unique and that it is what makes us unique. And, and again, the AI can help us. I do believe that as long as we can continue to put our own humanness, like you said, Gary, to help it still sound like Gary Wonder is writing this and that it wasn't just spit out from... Something. And you're going to fact check and you're going to put your little humor in or, or whatever it is that helps people know. Oh, yep. Yep. That's Gary. Or, oh, nope that's Anil that definitely wrote that speech. Like that's an Anil thing.
2: But but it learns. It learns. Yeah. And each evolution is going to get closer and closer yeah, to being true. Gary. <laughs> Yeah. Well,
1: they, and then we could have Gary AI. I mean, we can actually <laughs> go a step further. We had Mark AI at convention and that still creeps me out when, <laughs> when Mark AI talks to me. I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> yeah.
2: And the other piece about AI that, that really drives me nuts, it doesn't sleep <laughs> again. I mean, most of the stuff you get back, it, it's so lengthy.
1: It's like a lawyer. It's like, (laughs)
2: like, (laughs) we need to teach AI to to do more technical
3: writing. What blows my mind is, is that we don't actually, at least not completely, we don't understand exactly how this is working. I'm certainly no AI expert, but I I know a little bit about computer science and I've read a little bit about how large language models work. And from what I understand, originally what we were trying to do is build a a neural network, which is a a type of computer algorithm essentially that allows the computer to quote unquote learn. Well, what we were teaching it to do was uh, sentence completion, uh, word prediction and and sentence prediction. So basically if I say this, what am I most likely to say next Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. get the computer build basically building a statistical model to try and predict what what we were going to say next or what a human is likely to say next and so out of that came this really strange technology that we have now in chat gpt which is something you can actually hold a conversation with and seems to actually be thinking at least as as far as you know our our layman's understanding of of what it's doing so it's it's really interesting that that sort of this emergent property came out of what was supposed to be just something that yeah. uh was yeah. good at predicting
2: what you were going to say next yeah, i love the evolution of technology in that way and it'll probably surprise our listeners that aaron is really not a real person he is actually artificial intelligence so throughout this whole
1: <laughs> podcast we, <laughs> i'm
2: kidding i but
1: yeah <laughs> but it could
2: it could be that smooth, you know, as it evolves. It really could be that that engaging.
1: There are things that it does that I'm like that actually kind of sounds real. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's been around for a while. You know, you have the hello, I'm Cynthia from the Breast Cancer Society. And I mean, it sounds a little robotic, but sometimes it's done pretty gosh darn well and you have to take that pause and be like, are you really no, I think you're a robot. But There is that already, I guess.
0: My grandson wrote a little prompt, and the prompt was, write a song, make it a folk song, talk about Gary being the grandfather, his granddaughter being Finley, and riding on his shoulders as they go throughout the neighborhood. And it wrote this song that was about 90 seconds long. About Finley riding along and being amazed, and she had a great view from where she sat. And while she enjoyed the view, her grandfather wore out his shoes. And it, <laughs> it, it didn't sound corny at all. It was it was really good wow. it, would it have been the first pass that i'd have wanted to release you know if i wanted to follow in the footsteps of jimmy webb or some other great songwriter no but it was quite good and again the the chords made sense the lyric made sense and it did it in 30 seconds it, it's amazing
2: and now wow. it's in the top 10 of the folk music chart oh absolutely
1: <laughs> <laughs> With Gary Wonder on vocals and guitar. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yep, and trying
0: to connect and collect enough revenue to buy myself a new pair of shoes. <laughs>
1: a new pair, because you 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 wear those out. <laughs> yep.
3: You know, this might seem a little bit abstract for some of some of the listeners, because I suspect there's folks out there who don't use Be My AI. There are folks out there who don't use Chat GPT, and so maybe this feels a little bit remote. But as far as I understand, Microsoft is planning to release in the next few months a new version of what is it? Uh, I think they're calling it Cortana still. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They have a specific name for it, but essentially they're going to be releasing an AI built into Windows 11 and possibly Windows 10, and it's going to be built into to Word and other Office applications, so you can use the AI to help you draft documents in real time. So nice. nice. Just because you haven't encountered AI yet, you probably will. It's um,
2: is that the Copilot. Yes.
3: That, Thank you. Yeah. That's what it's called. Thank you. Yes. I should know that because I use it, the the coding version.
1: Please say that it won't have a paper. It won't be a paper clip with eyes, the little clippy office assistant from way back that everybody <laughs> hated. <laughs> let's let's hope they grew from that. But I mean, they've had that for a while, you know, that, that used to pop up. It looks like you're trying to write a letter. You know, would you like me to, these are the templates I can give you. I mean, so I guess we've kind of had this for a little while. I mean, it's much different now, but They've always kind of been trying to...
2: But now it's actually going to write the letter. Yes. <laughs> <It's->
1: yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And
2: it'll be a 10-page letter.
1: Uh-
2: <laughs> 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 and it'll make up some citations if you need it. So. Uh,
1: yeah. Right. We we need the introverted version of AI. You know, my youngest daughter is, you know, I think her philosophy sometimes, and she takes after my dad, you know, why say something in five words when you can say it in three? Why say something in three words when you can say it in one? So that's kind of what we need to teach the A.I. So they're not so uh, (laughs) verbose. We need to have like the introverted Calvin Coolidge type A.I.
0: (laughs) Well, is it Will Rogers who says who said, he don't say much. And when he does, he don't say much.
1: (laughs) No, Elizabeth does a lot. She can put a lot of punch into that one word. (laughs) Oh, I was
0: thinking of Calvin Coolidge, but
1: yes. (laughs) Well, I think this has been fascinating. I can't wait to see where this goes.
2: What happens? When we have this conversation, even like a month from now, the way the technology is evolving so quickly, uh, I could imagine definitely by this time next year, it's going to be a whole new world related to to AI. And I love the fact that, it, I mean, it's it's everything. It's creating text, it's creating graphics, it's creating folk songs. This is amazing. This is just amazing.
0: What I'm a little afraid of is that people want, for privacy's sake, for AI not to tell us things that people who can see are going to get to see on their own. And I think that just like we have to take the offensive when it comes to ballot marking devices, there are going to be times when we're going to have to be an advocate for AI's ability to tell us things that we have the right to know. And I get that it's a little difficult when I say, what does she look like? And the AI tells me she's five foot nine and a little overweight. Or she's six foot one and she's a bombshell or what it already does that I'm not real happy with is when I take a picture of me and it says an elderly man who is losing his hair, who is sitting in a wrinkled shirt. You know, wow. If I hadn't paid a thousand dollars for the iPhone, I'd have smashed it on the ground. But <laughs> <laughs> but this may be the reality, you know? Yeah,
2: I agree. And we have to be proponents of getting access to that information. It's not about whether we like it or not. I mean, you, you can't make life decisions with limited information. And I think nice. the analogy of, is it information that someone else who Uh, is able to see is able to obtain and if that answer is yes then we should have the same access to that information
0: yeah sometimes i think handed information is really hard to hear but it's really helpful i have artificial eyes and when i got my original eyes removed and my artificial eyes replaced people gushed with how good the new ones looked but they didn't stop there they had to tell me how bad the old ones looked oh wow and if I had known that, I might have been less reluctant to give up the old ones, which were painful, and embrace the new ones. new ones. There was a time when I was in sunglasses and got some pictures taken, and they appeared in the Braille monitor for a long time because people said that was the best shot that they had of me. I may not like that, but what if I look better in glasses than I look with my regular eyes, or even with my prosthetic eyes? Do I need to hear that? And do I need to get it from enough sources that I can make a decision about how to enhance my visual appearance? Right. Or am I gonna be so defensive about it that I'm gonna say, shut that down?
2: But the key is you, you cannot make that decision if it doesn't exist. That's right. If, if you don't have the ability to access the information, then the, that's moot. At least in this mm-hmm. particular instance, just like you can go to your friend, you can either ask them directly to give you that feedback or not. But if you don't have that friend to ask, you can't get that information. So I, I think that those analogies, in my opinion, make it very clear as to, you know, our position, the position that we should take around mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got to believe that this is going to stoke some feedback from some of our listeners. So we're looking forward to the social media feedback and the phone calls, et cetera, because this is only the real beginning of this. I can't wait to see how it evolves and what what's that next issue that's inspiring and scary all at the same time.
1: Yeah, definitely. What's that next issue? But also, what what are you using it for? You know, we had some really cool examples. We had um, one person say they were using it to interact with a book with their child, and that they dropped something on the floor, and they were able to use the AI to help them find it so they didn't have to step on it. You know, there's lots of really cool ways to use it. And so we would love to hear those comments. And then we'd love to also hear the not so great or the things that scare you. Um, let us hear it all. Um, find us on Facebook and, uh, you know, you can comment. Um, you can even comment on the posts that we've already put up or you can make a, a post uh, of your own. You can also definitely email us at podcast at NFB dot org.
2: Mm-hmm. Or you could call us at 410 659 extension 2444.
1: I really appreciate you, Aaron, and you, Gary, taking the time and letting us know about your uses of AI and just having such a candid conversation with us. I really enjoyed it, and I'm sure that our listeners will enjoy it as well.
2: Absolutely, can't wait to have you back, you know, again in a few months to see how all this has changed. But until then, remember, you can live the life
1: you want. Blindness is not what holds you back.
0: We'd love your feedback email podcast at nfb.org or call 410-659-9314 extension 2444.